Today's show is sponsored by HostGator. HostGator is your one-stop website shop. HostGator makes it simple to get your professional website online quick. Plans start at just $3.47 per month. Let's face it, getting a good .com is hard to do. A .NET domain, powered by VeriSign, on the other hand, still has a ton of awesome names. You have your domain. Now it's time to build your website. Use HostGator's drag-and-drop builder or WordPress. No need to code. HostGator makes it easy. Get your site up and running with just a few clicks. Head over to HostGator.com. Buy some hosting, get some .NETs, and use coupon code WRITERS30, that's WRITERS and the number 30, to get an extra 30% off and support this show. Please support this show by going to HostGator. That's HostGator.com, where you get a .NET domain powered by VeriSign. Now entering Nerdist.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel on the Nerdist Podcast Channel. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Writers talking writing can get pretty exciting. The talk can be lightning. It's very, very frightening. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Yeah. Hey guys, before we get to the Colbert writers today, I want to uh, post a brief chat I had with my friend Liz Hara. I met Liz on the Orvieto retreat through Michelangelo screenwriting this past year, uh, where Liz turned out an unbelievable script, an hour-long drama that she took from uh, conception to completion. Uh, I mean, she got about three, two or three drafts in during that two-week period and really turned out something great, as uh, most of the students who did the Michelangelo screenwriting program did. Uh, I'll throw this over to this chat in a moment, but if you're interested in coming to Italy, spending two weeks, talking about writing, and mostly doing some writing, come and go and check out michelangeloscreenwriting.com uh, or follow me on Twitter at Ben Blacker, where I'll, where I'll be tweeting about it for the next uh, few weeks. Not just that. I mean, you should follow me on Twitter anyway. Sometimes there's some good stuff in there. Also, there's stuff about things I'm doing, including Michelangelo screenwriting. Uh, but come on out to Italy next June. Why wouldn't you come live there for two weeks and eat great food and, and write a script and then go sell it? It's really that easy. Hi. <laughs> Hi. We're doing this on microphones. Yay, podcast. Uh, I have Liz Hara, who was uh, one of the students in the Michelangelo screenwriting program workshop. I called it a workshop because that made it a little less formal. Mm. Um, Liz. Yes. Uh, we were in Italy this June. How was it for you? I had an amazing time, actually. I got so much more out of it than I even anticipated. Really? What did you anticipate? Um, I thought it would just kind of be a bunch of weirdos hanging out. <laughs> Which uh, it was. True, true. Um, kind of alone at cafes. And, um, but I really loved how much work we did breaking each other's stories mm -hmm. and interacting and by the end of my two weeks I had a first draft of, yeah. of an hour long pilot yeah we should say I mean you I think there were a couple of you who came out with these really strong it didn't even seem like a first draft I mean we had kind of worked the story to mm -hmm. death in, mm -hmm. with the group 
Um, but yeah, you came out with a really strong pilot. Thank you. Do you continue to work on it? Uh, I do. I'm still polishing it. Uh, the dialogue is still needs a little bit of work, but um, but other than that, it's in good shape. Uh, and tell people who don't know um, a little bit about the how we did things, uh, both in the workshop and like how was it living in Italy for two weeks. Uh, I mean, the living in Italy part was everything right. I could ever want. Um, we invented gelato clock. Yep. <laughs> every meal finished yeah. with gelato. Around 4 o'clock every day, it was yeah. like, well, it's time. And then we could go to either the close place or the really good, slightly farther place. Right, but the whole town was tiny. Tiny. So the farther place was not even 10 minutes away. <laughs> Um, so the work we we did these workshops. Uh, we mm-hmm. did it writers' room style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first couple days uh, we went over just some basic structural stuff, and uh, then everybody brought their ideas, and we did a writers' room and broke everything down, mm-hmm. um, and then really just spent a lot of time writing on our own, and then coming back for feedback. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I kind of heard this as we went along, that the organizers, Heidi and Carlo, had never had a group who came to work and worked. <laughs> I mean, they said usually people would take off on day trips and things, but you guys did not. Why not? <laughs> uh, we were all just really excited about our projects, and why would we leave when there was gelato clock? That's true. Yeah, and every restaurant in town was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a baseline kind of awesomeness to it, all just being there. Yeah. yeah, so I get to spend my time writing and then eating hand-rolled pasta. That's true. With truffle sauce. That's true. <laughs> uh, would you go back? I would love to. I mean, work it's on just, something new? Yeah, it's just such a great time to not do anything else and just yeah. focus on your project and get really good feedback. Okay. from everyone in the group. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you felt that way. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Again, that's michelangeloscreenwriting.com. Come join us in Italy for 2 weeks. Write a script. I promise it'll be great. The experience, not the script. I mean, this, that's up to you if the script is great. I hear the Colbert writers. Well, this, this has come up. I've uh, obviously I've been in a writers' room and then I've visited a bunch here and like you, we do it for the food, right? Mm-hmm. There's just always oh, yeah. food around. You graze for all day. Yeah, we don't have the same sort of like craft services setup of like a sitcom where it's just like that big old table with like Twizzlers and Skittles and everything. <laughs> That's right. Well, we kitchen, my my wife used to call that the candy room when we were yeah. working on the show. Yeah. You guys have a candy room? They give us. I think they've they've worked with a nutritionist to give us just enough nutrition <laughs> to keep going. Wow, so you don't leave your desk. Yeah. And then, <laughs> right. Well, sure. You guys have to churn stuff out mm-hmm. yeah. constantly. Um, are, we already, are we already podcasting? We're, we're doing it now. Let's, hey, let's do it. Podcast. We can start at any right, point. So wait, we're on the internet? Well, I tend to just blurt out racial racial slurs, so you might just want to find a... Find I'm going to drop those in extra. Drop them extra. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, um, just use Samuel L. Jackson's uh, swear <laughs> for whatever racial slur. I'm sure he said it in some so just drop that in. Anyway. Like a morning zoo type show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some flushes and boings. Right, obviously. Uh, for all of the donors. Um... <laughs> Let's go around here, and uh, Opa, starting with you, uh, please introduce yourselves loudly and clearly for the microphone. I'm Opus Moreski, and I'm the head writer for the Colbert Report. 
Is that what I'm supposed to do? You did it! Yay! <laughs> My name is Nate Charney, and I'm a normal writer for the Colbert Report. <laughs> Mike Brum, normal writer also. What? Eric Drysdale, exceptional writer. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for, for letting us come and uh, crash your day. Uh, sure. The, the thing I really, and I, that I know the listeners really want to hear about, is how this show comes together. Like, let's, let's hear the nuts and bolts of it before we kind of get into the specifics of how you guys uh, write and do things. But, like, this is a show that's on every day. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a fast turnaround. It's mm -hmm. obviously the most topical stuff you can do. Mm -hmm. How does the show work? It seems like we invented a new every time. Um, we we come in like the writers come in with a bunch of pitches. Uh, it's it's essentially the process is a bunch of pitches that we all throw around and goof around on, and then we kind of go down for the best of them in front of the producers and Stephen, and then we're kind of just off in groups of two. We write we write in groups of two uh, okay. rest of the day. Is it arbitrary groups of two? Um, it's sort of a sign, but like it's it, it tries to be the people who are you know pitching on the on the story, uh, but that's, that's not always possible. And then I often. Uh, something exciting. Just move people around uh, so I can play God a little bit. <laughs> sure. And then I can have people go like, "Oh God, he put me on that script about banking accountancy errors." <laughs> uh, what time do you guys all get in in the morning and start working? Um, we get in. We we have, we have a, a number of meetings first thing in the morning, and the the first one starts at nine at nine forty five. Mm -hmm. And usually we come in a little earlier than that to check up on the news, uh, kind of get our pitches ready for that first time that we're pitching and yeah. that's kind of looser it's kind of you can come up with ideas and uh, people jump on to other people's ideas and heighten and yeah you know. it's really helpful though I mean it is like the room environment you know so like you'll see a maybe a story at HuffPo or whatever about you know the panda can't reproduce or something then everybody like jumps in and pitches on jokes and like before you know it you go downstairs you present it again and it has so many more jokes it's all flushed mm -hmm. out thanks to the room so and I love that what your, your go-to was panda can't reproduce <laughs> you know one of the story standard that. stories we always do <laughs> sure. Well, there's not a lot of fodder in that. No, yeah. so sad. Uh, yeah. How many writers do you guys have on staff right now? We're up to 12, not counting the producers who have mm -hmm. like writer, writer credits as well. And they, right. put, they, they contribute a lot. Um, but yeah, we have, uh, including myself, 12 writer writers. And what's the, um, like, how, how new is the new guy? How long has the oldest been here? New guy has been it's here four days. Four days. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would say Eric is probably the, the oldest old guy because he's not only a... a Alum of, of Colbert, but an alum of The Daily Show as well. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I, so he's been working with The Daily Show after five years there. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm an old man. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Uh, how did you How did you start? How did you get into The Daily Show in the first place? Um, I, I always wanted to be a writer and uh, came to New York and did stand-up as a way, because it was the only way I could figure out how people could hear the writing that I was doing <laughs> um, and not involve a lot of other people. Uh, and so I did stand up in, in the city for several several years, uh, and uh, finally got booked on a Comedy Central show mm -hmm. uh, as a stand up. And then from there, was sort of invited to submit to the Daily Show. And it was the Daily. It was about nine nine to ten months, I think, after John started. Oh wow! So it was a different time. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It wasn't the Daily Show as we know it. Yeah, it was getting there. It was sure. getting there. It was, it was it was beginning to be that show. Mm -hmm. Um, what type of material were you doing as a stand-up? Was it similar? Not anything Great political at all. <laughs> Very funny, though. Nothing he, political at all. Can, can mm. I allowed to talk about it? <laughs> Absolutely. I, he had a character. He had a character named Crazy Davis, <laughs> um, who uh, had a, a novelty hit 
So I don't even know how they found you from this Comedy Central special since you were doing a character, but he was doing a character. There's <laughs> this, uh, this novelty hit about Rubik's Cubes uh, that he had in the 80s <laughs> called This Rubik's Cube is Driving Me Crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so, it's so we listened to it. I mean, that wasn't reading. the only thing I was doing. I was doing... <laughs> no, that's all, that's that all Eric was doing. <laughs> I, I was really worried that that was going to be the only thing that I was going to... As far as I know. Because for, for like years I was the Rubik's Cube guy mm-hmm. and it drove me bananas. <laughs> but now I'm not. That's called branding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He also had another song about bananas. That's no. very good. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Rubik's Cube guy. That's your thing. Um, but I think people have all different ways yeah, that they've gotten um, in. I mean, we have uh, Nate was... Uh, I started as an intern here. Oh, really? So I worked my way directly up the ladder over five years. Uh, so I started as an intern, <laughs> then I was hired as a PA, then I was an executive assistant, then I was the writer's assistant, and then there was an open writer spot. I submitted a packet, and uh, they let me to give it a shot. Tell us a little bit about that packet. I mean, I think there's... We've met with various sketch shows and different kinds of shows, and I think that that packet, that submission packet, is something that the general public doesn't know a lot about. The packet is fun and terrifying because you're writing it by yourself, yeah. and in theory, it's the best thing you've ever written. That, <laughs> that professionals will then be judging you on, and mm-hmm. and either taking one look at it and going, nope, and it's like, well, there's a week down the drain, or they'll say, yeah, there's some there's some funny stuff in here. Let's give this guy a shot, mm-hmm. and then course then you go back years later and read like what was my first packet like and you think oh god oh I'm do you remember what was in your packet I, 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 I submitted three times oh wow and the third time the only one I remember is there was it was during the Olympics and there was an ad uh, there's an ad saying that that uh, the athletes refueled with chocolate milk and uh, <laughs> I was like after a hard day I refuel with chocolate milk <laughs> I remember seeing that commercial on TV and I thought that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and I must make jokes about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, th- our packet is generally a couple of different segments from the show. It sort of changes around, but it's, you know, we say, like, yeah. gives an example of, uh, you know, a couple of threats from the threat down or a tip mm-hmm. or a tip for, of a hat, wag a finger from the tip wags or a word or whatever. And then it is, uh, it's, I, I had submitted four times before I got hired. Uh, oh, really? And not counting the one time I, when, when I heard that the show was announced, I sat down and wrote, what I thought the show might be packet because <laughs> I was a fan of The Daily Show and a fan of Stevens yeah. and, uh, and I, I think my agent thanked me very nicely for that and put it right in the trash can <laughs> <laughs> probably uh, wise yeah it probably wise it's but. actually it's actually I, I think it's a more difficult thing to do than to write for the show because yeah. you have to yeah. you have to write things that could be on the show and are in the voice of the show but are also enough not in the voice of the show mm-hmm. so that your voice mm-hmm. comes through and it, they can see what you bring that somebody else might not yeah. have. and provides so, enough variety yeah. within the pieces you're, to mm-hmm. show that you have different abilities. It's right. like you have all of these competing reasons to do the thing. It's do a you, tough uh, thing to do. Yeah. What do you think it was, Opus, in that, that final packet that you submitted that someone responded to? Oh, God. I actually went back and looked at it because we, like we said, we have a, a, a new, uh, couple of new people yeah. and... Um, and I was like, ah, it's, I read a bunch of packets, and I went back and looked at mine. I had I had to close the, the file after like the first page. I was like, oh, this is. I just thought it was. I just was like having worked here for, for like five five and a half years now. I'm like, that's not what we do. <laughs> this is never hire you. Oh God, yeah, it was it was terrifying. I would never hire me, absolutely. So uh, I have. I mean, I, I just know that I remember feeling like, I knew the voice, and I and I knew how to like, just sort of. Put it, put it down, and it was a matter of like individual jokes. So they're not, they're gonna like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't 
necessarily feel that when I was, say, writing a packet for Carlos Mencia. I didn't necessarily <laughs> feel like I had the mastery of his voice. But uh, so maybe maybe that's for the better. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I think history will will tell. <laughs> um, and and what about you? What is your background? Yeah, how, I, you, I how long have you been here? And I've been here almost eight years. I came in right, the twentieth so. show. And I used to work with Allison Silverman, who used to be the former head writer, and we worked in Chicago together at this place called You Don't Know Jack. And she went off to go write on The Daily Show, and I always wanted to be a writer too, but I was too scared to come to New York and try it on my own. So I went to grad school for this program called Media Ecology, which has no practical application. It's, now, it's, like, the, it's like the environment media creates and how you operate in this environment. So. He's making, for the, for the podcast, he's making swimming motions with his hands as he's describing it. It's a very odd, it is fun, it's a very odd major, but I think that, because I had lunch with Allison one day, just when she got this job, or when she was at The Daily Show, and I told her I was graduated, and she goes, oh, you know, The Daily Show could use somebody like that. And then I went to work at advertising as a copywriter, and we were in L.A. shooting a commercial for Citibank, and Allison said, oh, you know, uh, we need writers, you know, the show got picked up, can you turn one around really fast? And it was like three days, and we were shooting this commercial, and I just sat at the table, they were filming something, and I remember typing it out, I just remember it was like the most fun I had writing in a long, long time, and then I just turned it on, and then like three days later, they called, and like two days later, I came in, quit the other job, and came in, so it was a super fast, and I think because it was the early days of the show when they weren't that picky, you know? What was, <laughs> what was in your packet? It's a joke on Thanksgiving. I think my word was like "arg," so you could tell the level of. Was it a pirate? Was it a pirate? pirate yeah. With John McCain, and then there was like a threat down in there about soccer balls. I forget what it was, <laughs> but and like oh, it was like North Korea. They were outlawing women wearing pants. And there was a joke about pants or something. Wow! Yeah. All the high marks pants. of comedy. Pants. So you did a pants joke in the story about pants. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably what got you hired. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was going to go culottes, but he went pants. <laughs> But no, it was great, yeah. I think, I mean, I, I think the thing that's interesting, like, because I used to be, I feel like the majority of my adult life was spent outside sort of peering in the window of people who got to do this thing. <laughs> and I, I was like, I wanted to know what the thing was. And I feel like Nate here is the only person who's ever taken the path that people tell you right. in my life, I yeah. feel like. It's, it's, yeah, it's really rare. Who's ever taken the path of, like, you, you, you get an internship, and then you get hired, <laughs> and then you get to be a writer's assistant, and then you get to be a, Like, I don't know that anybody. It's just... Well, I mean, we also have Gabe Gromley. That's true. Over at The Daily Show, uh, Jason Reich was a writer there who had been okay. the... You're proving my hypothesis. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it does happen. Yeah, it's it does rare, happen. but it, it does, does happen. happen. It does happen. There were, yeah, there were two people at The Daily Show uh, who were writers there who also started as interns. Yeah. When I, I interned at The Daily Show, and one of them was a PA, and the other one was a, a, a footage producer. Hmm. And then now they're both, you know, multi-Emmy award-winning writers. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, you, you guys may not be multi yet, uh, but congratulations, uh, I was saying to Opus, well deserved uh, and long overdue. Uh, congratulations! Does this does this change the conversation for you guys? Yeah. No, other than we're obviously awkward with praise. So when you say <laughs> congratulations, we're all like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah please stare at the floor, everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that's what we won for, actually staring at the floor. <laughs> that's how they judge the writers category. It was. It was a. It re- the 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 fun really wears off when it's you know one o'clock on when the Wednesday afterwards, and you're still. <laughs> as as pressured to do mm-hmm. you know that night's show as ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it was a great fun weekend and like so awesome. And I, I mean more than uh, more than the writing. I'm happy the show won because there's so many producers yeah. and, and Stephen who you know worked really hard to get it out. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really nice and you had a had a great time. And then and then the the, the show must go on. I think I'm, I think I'm the first to say that show yeah. must go on. <laughs> yeah, you coined that. Yeah. Yeah, um, flying back from Los Angeles, looking for pitches on the plane. Yep, we have to do a show exactly. Yeah, with my sure. with my with my Emmy at my feet, kind of tucked <laughs> under the 
<laughs> under the uh, plane seat in front of me. Right. Which, uh, yeah, looking for pictures on the, on the, on the $30 more Wi-Fi. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, how, I asked you what time you guys get here, but how late do the nights go? Uh, as you can see, it's what, like 7.45 yeah, the show has not started yet. <laughs> it depends on the show. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of production issues for this show. This is a big show, yeah, this is a big kind of crazy show. Why is, why is today bigger than usual? We have like a technical, technology sketch. There's that, a robot in it. Yeah, there's, there's a robot, robot. Oh, right, you started yeah, the there's session. Kittens, there's some kittens in it. There's, there's a hawk. Some, yeah. That was, that was lots, of, lots of graphic elements. Yeah, yeah, so it's a lot of elements, and, you know, Stephen's sort of wandering around, so it's a lot to work out. A lot of choreography for Stephen uh, to yeah. be in the right place mm-hmm. at the right time when things happen, so... Yeah, yeah uh, I, so I, mean, I guess this makes me ask, like, how, how ambitious can you get doing a day-to-day show like this? Because well, I feel like the show that, is pretty ambitious already. That's mm-hmm. the great thing about Stephen. I think everybody will tell you the same thing. Like, Stephen's so great because you will say, like, ah, in this scene, what if a man on fire comes in, and then they guess, like, wrestle a snake, and he goes, I love it, let's do it. Like, he is so much <laughs> Like he just goes for everything, and mm-hmm. I'm, there's so many times downstairs when people say something like, "Oh, we'll never do that." He goes, "Let's do it." Like, oh my god! It, it, and then, really and then there's just so many other people that, whose job it is to yeah. make it happen, and they do yeah. it really well. But I remember the like it was like the first or second week I was here, and uh, Brum pitched an idea that uh, a logical. It made perfect sense. It, at the end, we'd end the show with Stephen uh, wrestling a giant uh, mutant styrofoam cup, uh, <laughs> which he did, and it was hilarious. And our prop guy Brennan, who was great. Like, but somehow between like you know nine thirty, ten o'clock in the morning when when you pitched it and seven when we were wor- has a, had a giant styrofoam cup costume, and he was in it wrestling Stephen. And I, I, I since it was one of my first weeks, I was just like, oh my god, like this show is insane. We yeah. could do anything. Last yeah. week we did a we planned a wedding in one day. That's true. Yes, yes. we did a whole yes. wedding in one day. I yeah. did not see that. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, Meredith Gardner uh, pitched this bit where uh, because the national parks are closed. Uh, some people couldn't have their weddings in their national park, so we offered uh, a couple who was featured on one of these news programs to have their wedding here, and everybody in the office just like, mm-hmm. you know, pitched in, pitched in, and That's got awesome. it done, and we yeah. did a wedding in a day. Have there been ones that have gotten away? Uh, stuff that either keeps getting pitched, uh, and and you just haven't been able to crack it, or stuff that you haven't technically been able to pull off. Yeah, I think there always is, but I, it's also like the the pure volume of, yeah. of, of, of like we have trouble remembering stuff that made it on the show. Like, yeah. <laughs> we can never remember whether something has been on or not. There has been a show. number of times where everyone's excited in the meeting, where we're throwing around ideas, and someone like meekly is like, um, "We did that like two years ago." <laughs> It's gotten to the point where our, our executive producer Tom is like, I hate those people. Like he, <laughs> he, he actively hates us in the past because we've done all the, all these ideas and we don't remember because it's just there's, sure. there's so much. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys think of anything is there specific? Any, um, I can't think of anything, but yeah. I'm sure there is stuff that we. I mean, baby yeah. animal week is baby animal week is has been up on the board for a couple months. Yeah. No news, Gary. I would like. <laughs> I don't know if we can say these things. I don't know either. Yeah, you're right. Well, we might be let me know. Intellectual we can, secrets. We can get yeah, rid of it. I think these yeah. are secrets. These are um, secrets. Well, I would ask, sort of related, and this is something that we get asked a lot by the listeners to the podcast. Hi, um, listeners. About, uh, you I know, wanted to address them personally. And tending to, part of yeah, it's like they're here. They know yeah. that you're talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the question of, you know, there are twelve of you, and each of you has uh, his or her unique perspective. Um, the collaboration and you know holding on to ideas or killing the ideas that you love. How do you guys deal with this? Again, it's fast paced. There's a lot of material to go through. You Are there? Do you pitch the same things over and over? How do you not do that? Sometimes you do, but if you believe in it. But it's it's kind of. I mean, I feel like 
and I don't want to answer everybody else, but I feel like it, it's kind of a too fast pace for you to, to hold on to too much. You just <laughs> got to keep going, and then b like we all spend so much time with one another, and like one of the best parts of this job. Uh, and I've been trying to explain this to the to some of our newer writers recently. Like, one of the best things about this job is you can just pitch awful, awful jokes because you're with people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a loving environment. People are going to be okay with it. We might make fun of you a little bit, but it, you, you can pitch the worst thing in the world and it's gone. And then you can go on to the next thing, or you can pitch the best thing in the world and it might be gone. You go on to the next thing, but uh, it's just it just feels like the everyone's got some ego, but I feel like the level of ego of like really tenaciously fighting for a for a joke. That some writers have done on other shows I've, I've been on just yeah. just doesn't really happen as here. And I also think that because the show is so writer driven, like mm-hmm. there's a lot. I mean, it's Stephen driven, obviously, but he he says the things that we uh, that we write for him. Uh, <laughs> that's the way the show works, by the way. We write the stuff. Stephen also writes the stuff, but yeah, then he says it. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, the nature of the show doesn't oh, uh, allow for. I have no idea what I'm <laughs> The point uh, is that Steven says the jokes. Yes. Well, let's, let's talk about that collaboration for a moment. Uh, did you want to add something? Oh, uh, no. I, I was going to say, the part of, you know, it is like a roller coaster of emotion. Because <laughs> like, we write so much stuff that, like, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, you're up and down. And, like, it does take a while to get used to that. Like, you go, this is the greatest bit, the greatest thing I've ever written. And then they really go, no, this is not working. And you go, ah. And you're crushed, but you gotta say, put me back in, coach, and you just have to keep firing away, just because like yeah. and that's I, your job, and that's part of the fun of this job. Too. I think what I was getting yeah. to is that there is there there is reward. Like we like we're lucky that we get to see our jokes on the show. Yeah. Uh, sure, you know, fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. I hope. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. um, have you gotten one on? I have. I've gotten one <laughs> on. Oh, God, congratulations! <laughs> Thank that's you. Great. I'm, uh, I'm still uh, waiting. I'm still waiting. If, on you, get, if you get one every every day or every couple of days, mm-hmm. that feels really good, and you're yeah. you're. Good to go. Well, and that's the thing too. I mean, I think that is sort of unique to the show, um, or, or to you know, uh, maybe a couple shows making it not unique at all. Um, that you know, you're not just getting your jokes on or getting your pieces on, but they're delivered in a, a way that you would hope they would be delivered. Yes. I mean, this is uh, Stephen is a guy who does not let you down. I would imagine. No, I've never seen him bail on a joke mm-hmm. ever. And and I can say I can say there's a lot of comedy heroes out there that I love that bailout jokes, yeah. you know, when they're just feeling like the audience isn't on their side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven is really committed to those things, and so th- that's that's the thing. If he's committed to it, and he, he sells the hell out of it, and it clunks, you're it's, like, well, that's me. That's <laughs> yeah. It's a real pleasure, and also, he's a great writer, and yes. he always, always brings something. Mm-hmm. He'll never make your joke worse. No, yeah, ever, never, never, ever. Yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess that's the it's thing. A, it's I'm astounding every day. Yeah, it is astounding. I mean, like, I think we're all in awe sometimes, you know. Like, it, but it is like you have twelve writers. Everybody's throwing out ideas, and Steve will say something. You go, oh yeah, that's the best one. <laughs> yeah, we have like a like a forty-five minutes an hour of a meeting coming up with ideas, and we're like pitching them on. We're like getting excited, and then we go down, and like Stephen will just be like, "Hey, what about uh, the best idea?" You'll be like, "Oh man, why didn't we think of the best idea? We thought of like twelve, not the best ideas." Well, is it in part that you know he knows his character better than <laughs> anyone else? Yeah, just and partly. Yeah. I think he's also right. a super genius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's yeah. Um, he's yeah. probably the result of some government experiment somewhere. <laughs> he's a super soldier. Right? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, um, what? we're not supposed to talk about that. That's another thing. <laughs> right. Future Strikes and the super soldier program. <laughs> Project Phoenix. We're not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> um, Opus, we didn't talk about where you come from. Um, 
You've, you've been in the comedy world on sort of these kinds of shows for some time, haven't you? Yeah, I would say that's, that's <laughs> a very nice way of putting it. We've bumped into each other sure. over the years. Yeah, I was out in L.A. for about eight years. And yeah. I was working uh, wherever I could get jobs, and I I, uh, I was proud of I'm proud of whatever whatever I've done, but it's not been a certain uh, I wasn't I wasn't jumping up and down with an Emmy in my mm-hmm. hand for uh, for Alf's talk show, for example. Wait, did uh, you work on Alf's talk show? Oh yes, yes, Alf had a talk show. <laughs> yeah, we do that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't six know you episodes. Had on it. Yeah, six episodes on TV Land. Uh, you must have been a baby on that show, though. Uh, <laughs> that it was, was actually no. That, this was in the late mid two thousands, so it was like a. Oh, it, really? He was making a big comeback <laughs> thanks to those one eight hundred collect commercials, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and TV Land gave him a six six talk shows, but like we taped them all in one weekend. We wrote them all in two weeks. Uh, and the the guy is actually very very talented and very very funny, and he's very quick witted and, and the guy Alf, uh, the guy Alf, yes, sorry, that's I, I thought that was clear, um, as opposed to Ralph, who's the uh, rehearsal Elf that he brings to rehearsal, <laughs> absolutely true. Um, oh God! But uh, but it just was like you know writing the two writing talk shows in two weeks that are supposed to be topical and yet broad so that they can rerun them forever, and then uh, and then taping them over the course of a weekend is uh, I think a little bit exhausting. Mm-hmm. What were what were some of the things uh, that you worked on that you learned from to kind of set you up for your current position? Well, everything I've worked on, I I, I hope I learned from. Um, but uh, and I, I don't I don't think there's any direct correlation necessarily between mm-hmm. this that and my my uh, position. I, um, I I worked on yeah, I worked on Alf's talk show. I worked on a, a show called The Naked Trucker Naked Trucker and mm-hmm. T Bone Show, um, which is, is full of super talented people that I don't think. Uh, was presented in the right way. Um, I worked on a show called Little Bush, which was an animated show uh, that that w- that hit the airs right as everybody was sick of Bush jokes, uh, <laughs> but also full of super talented people. And uh, yeah. and um, I, like I said, I, I'm proud of everything because I have to find that little thing that I actually like mm-hmm. care about. There's one show I worked on uh, uh, that was a it was a talent sh- it was a comedy talent show sponsored by Mountain Dew that aired midnights at, on Spike for a summer. Yeah. Uh, and if you imagine how hilarious uh, notes from a <laughs> soda company could be, uh-huh. um, and so it was like it was awful. I don't think it was very good. And uh, and I, the entire thing, I worked for like three months on this thing, and it all hinged on the fact that I got one. Uh, they were like talking to like cute babes, and it's like a fake little talk show with cute babes. And I was like, Ugh. and uh, and I got one of them to say like, hey, what's uh what's the most interesting thing you think about you? And we wrote all the patter. And then the girl said, uh, I once touched a dead guy, <laughs> and I loved that line. And so for me, the three months of work and the like ten episodes of the Mountain Dew variety <laughs> comedy show that I didn't like was all worth it because I got a, a girl like in a bikini to say. The most interesting thing about me is I once touched a bit dead guy. So <laughs> you have to find your victories where you can. Um, th- but again, these must have been, you know, formative for you as far as oh, working I, I in a room. Write. And, yeah, yeah, I got exactly. to write. I mean, that's the thing that's amazing is that I got to do that, and I got to do it in, on any level is yeah. is already pretty astounding. Let alone uh, the, the sort of level of the people that I get to work with here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, I learned a lot. I learned. Uh, I mean, I guess I learned, what I learned more is less about being a writer now that I'm sort of trying to do somewhat more of a managerial position as I'm a head writer, which is very weird because I love and respect these people who are far more talented than me uh, here so much. Uh, but I try to think about, like, oh, what, you know, for example, the Mountain Dew show, uh, the guy, I'll just keep going back to this one, the guy had two stamps. One of them said funny, 
and oh, one of them said no. not funny. Jesus. And when you'd send in a script, that's what he'd, he'd give that. And I and so when I came to the position of head writer, this was only been a year ago. I thought maybe I'll try to be a little more communicative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see what could be clearer than funny or not. Yeah, funny. I mean, he has, it's pretty he clear. Has three stamps. Funny, <laughs> not funny, and eh. yeah, <laughs> work on it. Yeah. Uh, that is insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who were some of the, uh, or or what were some of the shows that you worked on? Who were some of the people you worked with um, that, well, that you took? You know this the. Well, one of the things I took a lot from. from I took a lot from was that uh, this guy Donna Carey, who's mm-hmm. a uh, was a longtime Letterman writer, and I would not be doing this if I didn't sneak downstairs at twelve thirty in nineteen eighty nine to watch Letterman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he then he went to be a Simpsons writer, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously a pedigree that's that's pretty amazing. And uh, he went on to do a lot of his own shows, including uh, he was a showrunner of Little Bush and showrunner of Naked Trucker T Bones. Now he's doing. New Girl and Parks and Rec, I think. I, I'm not sure, but he's, he's super brilliant and the nicest guy. Like, that's that's one of the things that early on I worked with some producers who I won't name by name um, that were not the nicest people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he was just a really sweet guy and, and that was something. I was like, oh, you can do this and not totally be awful. Uh, <laughs> So that's that's, that's like, it's I really learned. a good lesson. Yeah, it is. It's, it's something it's, that comes it's up a lot. Surprisingly, like I went to, when I first moved to LA and I just was doing crappy jobs for crappy producers and crappy shows and and I just didn't I was like I, I might have to be miserable to do the thing that I really want to do. Mm-hmm. I might have to be a miserable person. So, it was actually a, kind of a revelation in a weird way that to know that, that there's there's happy people that get to do this. <laughs> like it's comedy, so yeah, uh, let's talk about. I mean, I, Letterman is clearly an influence. Was that for all of you guys? Hugely so. Yeah, yeah. and I think as the, yeah. as, the, as the age scale declines down oh, to yeah. eight. Oh, I, I love. I grew up on Letterman, watching with uh, my parents. <laughs> so you're saying, old man? Yeah, <laughs> there. Uh, what were some of the other comedy influences you guys had, and and how do we see it in the execution of what you guys do? I feel like everybody. They always people always kind of go back to the old people, but it's always like Marx Brothers, Monty mm-hmm. Python, um, mm-hmm. Conan. I was a big fan of. I mm-hmm. mean, like just like the odd bits, like Conan. You know, just like the, the various bits they do with the oddness. I think the show mm-hmm. kind of emulates in some way too. We do like a lot of odd bits. We like, like to get goofy. Like yeah, Conan mm-hmm. does. Like yeah. Goofy, yeah, yeah. You're not afraid of silly. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I, I think Daily Show doesn't really get silly anymore. Uh, as they much still as do so John can be silly. silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think I mean we love the Daily Show, and they're uh, like we would not exist obviously without them. And mm-hmm. I think the reason why we can be silly is they provide a little bit of cover for us. Oh, absolutely. They're 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 there doing this like really trenchant and, and smart takes on the news, and we're like, all right, now we're going to do a thing with a giant robot that Stephen yeah. fights or a giant styrofoam <laughs> cup that Stephen fights. Uh, so, yeah. We're well, I mean, that way. you guys have to know you are being as trenchant and smart, right? I mean, yeah. how, how do you guys think of the show? I mean, we're, I think we're proud of it. I think we, yeah, I like it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah. I would I'm watch it. it. I would watch it. Do you watch it? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I, it's on. It's on yeah. for the podcast listeners. It's on in my monitor in my sure. office right now. So we're all but kind of work. we're kind of watching it, <laughs> but we're really paying attention to the podcast. <laughs> we're here for you, listeners. Yes. yes. I think it, like it too that it's like different, you know, a different format than other late night shows, you know, and like it, it is so like writerly focused and like just mm-hmm. the sheer amount of jokes I think is a lot of fun too. I mean, if you watch it, just like packed from you know top to bottom due to the jokes and like written mm-hmm. material, and that's a lot of fun. I and there's that. there's five minutes of jokes every night that that are they are cut not because they're not good enough, but because mm-hmm. we just didn't have the time. Too many. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also it uh, it follows my comedy credo, which is all different kinds of jokes. Mm-hmm. No, that's. And then, but who says them in the end? 
What do you mean? Who says them on the air, though? Who so when you write a joke, then does someone say it on the air? Is yeah, it, yeah, yeah. No, Stephen says. Oh, Stephen says it. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. See, now, now I'm putting it all together. But I, but I think that it's uh, a real, it's real good to have guts and all, all look at all the... different kinds of jokes. Yes. I don't think I have to explain that any further. <laughs> No, you're, you're. What are all the different kinds of jokes? Uh, there's knock knock. <laughs> sure. Um, there is uh, dirty limericks. Dirty limericks. Um, Puns. Yep. Um, uh, there's the one that ends with like, uh, Billy, you missed P, and then he says, No, I didn't. The P's running down my leg. That one. Um, that's a kind of joke. Irish genre. jokes. Irish jokes. Irish jokes. Yeah. Lawyer jokes. Lawyer jokes. And that's. I that's think that's it. Pretty much it. it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Those are all the kinds of jokes. Well, we did it. You guys. Those are the seven kinds. <laughs> seven kinds of jokes. <laughs> Uh, is there stuff, um, I mean, I know obviously it is a group effort, um, but is there stuff that you guys, uh, bits that you came up with or individual jokes that you've pitched that have made it to air that you can look at and say, oh yeah, that's, that's me, I'm proud of that, uh, that represents what you, I'm you capable of. You can only of. do that to, for like a max of like 75, maybe 80% of it, because yeah. no matter what, mm-hmm. you, I mean, maybe an individual joke you can say, but... It really is just so collaborative that I feel guilty ever saying I wrote that. Mm-hmm. I would have yeah. to say I wrote that with with you know with Gabe and also a bunch of other people did right. it. Like and if it's tweaked by somebody and yeah, the guys down right. in graphics put together yeah, some amazing yeah, exactly. uh, over the shoulder graphic to to put it across and Stephen you know tweaks it. Yeah, on, you know it takes everybody to make the joke work. Mm-hmm. Is it generally a happy place to work? Yeah, it's really yeah. yeah. I'm glad to hear that. It is. A, I mean, Stephen has described it in the past as, as, as it's going to be a machine no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. it's just the nature of it. So it's it, it, there's an attempt to make it a joy machine is how he's described it. And so uh, you know, sometimes we're more joyous than others, but we certainly, you know, we realize that we're pretty darn lucky to do what we do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and every once in a while, just take a step back and remember that. And yeah, pretty good to go. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. Uh, that, that makes sense. Thank you. That's, yes, yeah, that's, that's what I was waiting yeah. for. The applause. Thank you. I was always curious. I um, was always a big fan of the Daily Show and was thrilled when this show came on the air. Um, and I always sort of wondered what the relationship was like between the two shows because I don't know anyone who's a fan of one who isn't also a fan of the other. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, you can sort of assume that you're getting an hour of viewership. Is there any thought to what those guys are doing every day? Is there any kind of communication? Nate might know more about this as our old red assistant. Wasn't that part of your... Uh, yes. Generally, there is very little to no communication. There's constant support between the two shows, but if, I mean, if somehow we hear that The Daily Show is doing something, A, we're not looking to know what they're doing, because we're even if they do something, we'll probably have a different take on it than they would, and, you know... We're not competing with them. Uh, um, no, I mean, we, there's, there's not there's not someone whose job it is to yeah. call the Daily Show every day I at, think we're, yeah. at noon and yeah. say, "Hey, here's the ideas we had. You guys aren't doing any of those, are you?" Oh, I think well, in we, the first couple weeks we did that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we realized <laughs> that there was no like because Stephen is a character and is coming from it in such a different place. It really. It's happened once or twice where we've yeah. had a similar take, but or really like little jokes here and there. But I, d- so I feel like rarely. it's it's very mm-hmm. rare. And yeah, they have their po- they have their point of view, and we have the character's point of view, and, and it's it's pretty easy to just yeah. just let it go, you know. Like yeah. yeah. So, um, and in terms of like our relationships, like I 
it's it's odd. I, I feel like they work three blocks away, and I get to see them in Los Angeles once a year because <laughs> uh, they're working hard and we're working hard. And I really like all the, all the people over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wish I got to see them more because I see them. I'm like, oh my god, you're great. These people are hilarious and fun, and um, and yet, yeah. Um, I, the thing I was thinking of um, in, in talking about you know b- this being a generally happy place is you know super collaborative uh, from obviously the the top down. Uh, what is the relationship like with the network? You know what I cannot tell you at all, which really? I love. I love yeah, that amazing. I don't have to tell you. I mean, I, not that I don't have to tell you. I can't tell you. I, yeah. I have no idea. We very rarely hear about it. Yeah, we very um, rarely hear about it. And I think even Stephen has a pretty. I mean, he deals with them obviously in some level but like I feel like the show sort of gets uh, grandfathered in from, from John's show and uh, and, the, and then the pace of it means that there's not a ton of interference which mm-hmm. is not necessarily true on other shows that I've worked on so that's something I definitely appreciate yeah. that's really interesting yeah um, is, is it a I mean is it Steven is it a non-writing producer who acts as the go-between or is it really yeah, we've just we've got a really wonderful co-executive producer Meredith Bennett who does that as well as, as, well as mm-hmm. anything else that is to me, not fun to do. Like she does yeah. all of the actual work, uh, and and does it amazingly. And she's actually got a great sense of humor, and and she's really cool. And like, so she will make smart comedic decisions about kind of basic things of like where we're we going to shoot a thing or where are we going to you know who we're we going to hire for it. Um, and she does actual work while we get to you know make like the seven types of jokes. Yeah, if there are people in uh, in the listening audience uh, who like comedy but may not feel like they're the funniest people in the world. But understand comedy. Yeah, comedy needs good producers. Yes, comedy needs good producers who have their shit together and can make things happen, but also understand comedy. Because comedy writers do not have their shit together. <laughs> <laughs> um, what What is that? I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but what is that producer's job as far as you know getting comedy across? Uh, whether it's to the networks or whether it's to you know outside people outside the writers' room. I don't. I mean, it's sort yeah. of not something that, like I feel like I'm qualified to answer. <laughs> that's how yeah. good they are too. It's like seamless. They just yeah, kind of let you go. they sort of like go yeah, in the background and make it happen. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I think like, it is a lot of a lot. I think it was a lot of uh, um, logistical stuff, like you know, getting everybody to, to the call time on time and things yeah. like that. But uh, it, yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of bringing what's written on the scripts to life. Like without them, sure, we'd write it down, but. It's not fun to read it. It's fun to see it. So, like, if we write mm-hmm. something that has a falcon in it, there's a guy in our building, Matt, who's great, who knows how to get a falcon here in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty. It's it's pretty amazing. Oh my god, that's great. Um, are there unique challenges to this show? No. <laughs> <laughs> what are I unique challenges? Just, to this just show? the endurance. Yeah. Just being yeah. able to. Yeah. Do it all day long, every day, mm-hmm. five days a week. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a grind, but it's a very fun grind mm-hmm. that you do with your friends while being aware that like this is the best job in the world. But how do you not burn out? I mean you hear about writers on shows with this kind of schedule or even not this kind of schedule. I mean like Saturday Night Live, like they, they kinda churn through writers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you keep it interesting and fresh and fun for yourselves? On the weekend, I, I hunt man for sport, and that really <laughs> releases a lot of tension. Um, I, I honestly believe that each show sort of develops a schedule that is, the, like, will push everybody and then give them just enough time to heal, uh, like, uh, uh, like some 
you know, gauntlet game or something. You just have just <laughs> yeah. enough time to heal before you are attacked by more orcs. Um, and that's a reference from two, 1985, maybe? Um, and I, I feel like, yeah, SNL, like, they work, they work overnight and, like, go crazy, and then, you know, and then they have a week off or so, and then they have a whole summer off, but they work really, really hard for really intense, short bursts of time. And then I was, I was lucky enough a few years ago uh, at the Emmys to... And, and then they've been on our show a couple times, the Mythbusters guys, they actually work almost every day, every weekday of the year, but they get off at five and they're done. Yeah. And so I think every show has its own way of pushing people and then uh, in, until they're almost dead. <laughs> and then bringing them back. That's Project Phoenix. That's what really what that was. <laughs> uh, tie back. Is this time of the super soldiers? This is, yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll take this right okay, out. Okay, no please problem. cut it out. So here's your Falcon. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Up on the screen, Falcon time. <laughs> You'll probably the listeners will probably remember the classic Falcon <laughs> bit. Uh, it was all over the internet the next day. <laughs> I assume it will return every week now. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Well, that's actually something we do do about that. That robot has returned, but we like whenever something happens on our show, and I think this is a very smart move on on Stephen's part and Allison Silverman and some of the early people who started here. Mm-hmm. Everything we do builds builds on the world, so it's not mm-hmm. like we have like honestly we could bring back that Falcon any time. We brought we had a little, we had a little kid earlier in the week. And we brought him back, and we decided he was the same kid. He had the same name. He had the same relationship with Stephen. Yeah. Um, everything it becomes part of this world. And that, yeah. When I first started, that's what I loved about the show was the narrative. I mean, it's like a you know every night's different, but it does sort of have a, a thin narrative that runs through it, like his dog Gipper. I mean, there's just like the, the Jay the, the intern, yeah, Charlene. Hey, the, there's the, a the mythology to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And it and it and it adds, and it becomes it becomes something that naturally sort of happens, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's pretty fun that way. Yeah. Until it's a crutch that you can just lean <laughs> on the yeah, whole time. Like, we did. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like. Yeah, we get sick of things way before the audience does. I think so. Like, so I think the crutch things aren't hopefully yeah. not a, hopefully not a problem. Uh, I, I did want to ask about the relationship with the audience. Uh, you know, how much how much are you guys aware of the audience? How much are you writing the things that you all think are funny that Stephen thinks is funny? Uh, and and what's your engagement with it? I mean, do you are you on Twitter? Do you check that stuff out? Do you see what the feedback is? These would be a DB Cooper. If you're is that not DB Cooper? What DB? Famous. If you're out there, DB. Famous robber. Turn yourself in. No, DB. I forget her last name. DB. DB. I apologize for forgetting your name, but she used to run a site, and I'm forgetting the name of the site. Well, it's called the No Fact Zone. No Fact Zone. And when the show first started, it was such a great site, and she would always update like jokes that they liked. It's there's Colbert News Hub now. Yeah, there's another fan site that does that, and they're really great and yeah I mean yeah. It, it, we don't it, it's actually weird we are, we are so removed we're obviously up here in my office while they're taking the show right now we're not always down there like watching mm-hmm. um, and so there are little moments when yeah, you actually do get to connect with an audience and go like oh yeah people really like this and those are yeah. those are very energizing for me anyways um, so yeah yeah as I was saying, on the early days, like I think, I think we had checked, you know, just because like the show was starting out, you know, it was brand new, and like people go, oh, what are people saying, you know, and this, and like, you know, on the Twitter, you know, it came along, and like uh, people text Twitter occasionally, but I remember the early days, we checked like no facts on, just because it was just interesting to get instant feedback, you know. Like, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, like I have this, uh, some this yeah. happened to me this week, like someone, like so, some friend of mine on Facebook posted a link to some some bit I worked on, and I was all like, yeah, my friend likes my bit, and you know, <laughs> and she knows I work on the show, and then I was like, I can't say that on Facebook, so I was like, I clicked like, and then someone commented, <laughs> someone was like, this is really funny, and I'm like, I like your comment too, like it was the most passive aggressive way to take credit for a bit oh, ever. I I felt a little bad about it. That's great. Um, I mean, I, I feel like it must be the thing. I, I talked to the Sesame Street writers yesterday, oh. who 
were awesome, and we're so excited that they got to come here. We were so excited that they got to come here. Me and Drysdale worked on that script. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Stephen and the rest of the, like, there's a lot of Tom. other passes on it in Tom, but yeah, that was kind of the best thing ever. That was very exciting. <laughs> Uh, but I feel like you guys must get the same thing that they do when people find out that they are Sesame Street writers, that people must go, oh my god, you work on Colbert. I feel like they have a much deeper connection with uh, with our society. <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, uh, but y- yeah, we do get people that are excited to it. I-, I tend to try not to talk about it that much. And, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working with my therapist about this, <laughs> uh, about uh, being more me, being more open with what I do. Uh, I'm also working with my therapist about not talking about how much I'm working with my therapist. But, um, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't like to if I bring it up. It, it, sometimes it makes me feel it feels like I don't want it to be a crutch. So I don't want people to like me just for what I do. So but then I have to also like myself for what I like. So that's the key, guys. Breakthrough. Um, but I had this I had this moment a few weeks ago where I was at a, a kind of a friend of a friend's party and. It was a little mellow, and it was kind of a little, like, it was a literary magazine party, and these people were very, like, talking about, like, one guy was, like, came up to this girl, and I, I witnessed it, and he was like, oh, it's been a rough day. I finally decided to change my major to poetry. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that is his line. And then she's like, hi, I'm Cindy. They have never met. That was his opening line. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to, like, I didn't, I just, I had to chat with some people. It was all very nice, uh, you know, but no, I didn't bring up what I did for a living. And then, and then like, uh, a week ago, I, I got an email from, like, hey, uh, this is Mike. We met at that party at Max's house, and uh, I just want to say I saw you winning Emmy, and I think you're great. I'm like, you didn't like me at that party, dude. You didn't like me at all, which is Aww. why sometimes I don't bring it up. But it's, it's, it, it, it does connect with people in an amazing way, and, and it's fun to remember that and to see that mm-hmm. in the end. Uh, you uh, you guys do, I mean, you know, your therapy notwithstanding, you seem like a fairly well-adjusted group for comedy writers. Ooh, wow, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. We must be just saying. I've talked to a lot of sitcom writers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, it, like, I, you don't have the anger. You don't have, no. or at least that I can see. No. Um, is it a fairly, like, as I asked if it's a happy group, but is it a fairly uh, well-adjusted group? You all get along? Yeah, I think it's a really well-adjusted group. And I think that it comes from, like, top-down from, like, you know, Stephen, you know, they try to great environment that was a really happy environment and it, it, it really is a great environment like, I don't have a lot of experience with other shows but like everybody here is super nice and we're all friendly and we all hang out and we do improv shows together mm-hmm. and it, it's really great like there's really I also think that yeah. the um, the thing another normalizing thing is that it's a it, it isn't really 9 to 5 but because mm-hmm. it's it you're you're doing your morning commute your evening mm-hmm. commute with the rest of New York City it mm-hmm. sort of feels like you're just going you know you, it feels normal yeah. yeah, and I would say like we all have our weirdnesses and like our, our uh, like uh, I don't know like our neuroses and whatnot as any comedy writers do. But uh, I think we're with each other and we so much that we're like you know it, I don't know. Can I you guys do you mind if I tell a story about about when when we kind of had a confrontation? It's the only time I've, oh. I've had a confrontation with anyone. That was very job. strange. It was very strange. It was at the end of a very long run. We had done the book. We were all very stressed out. We had been we had been doing the book at nights when we were doing the show during the and day. And doing the super pack. At the same and time. doing the super pack oh, at the same time. And for whatever reason, like I was walking into a room and I had some information about second ladies, the the wives of uh, of mm-hmm. vice presidents, which is fascinating. And uh, I thought so. No one else did. <laughs> but uh, I came in to talk about it, and and Drysdale, just as a joke, put his like put his hand on my chest and was like, Hey, hey, we're working in here. Like as a little joke. Like how rude would that be? And I was like, What the fuck are you doing? And I like like I stormed snapped. off. And yeah, I, I seen absolutely. It I've never. I, I don't think I've seen it before since. I am not an angry person. And I walked into my to my desk and I sat down, like going like that fucking guy. And then I went, 
what did he do? <laughs> and I immediately stood up again and walked down this, and I was like, dude, I am so sorry. And he's like, no, I, you know, it's, it's a violation when I, you know, when I'm touching you, that feels like it's a violating thing. And I'm like, no, no, it was totally on me. And we had this weird, like, super feely moment. <laughs> where, it was really nice, though. And, it, and that speaks to me, like, that we can be crazy people, and we know each other enough that we can support that. Sure. Yeah. Or at least maybe they just support me, and that's very nice of them. I think you respect that, too. Like, in a weird way, like, and maybe it's just New York, or maybe it's just, like, as you get older, you realize this, but, like, everybody's sort of weird and messed up in their own unique, wonderful way, yeah. you know, and you kind of, you come to appreciate those in other people, like, their little, like, things that are odd about them, you know, and it is weird, but, like, and so, like, and comedy writers maybe just more than other people, but, like, everybody is, like, messed up in some weird little way, but it's a kind of wonderful, like, makes it unique, you know, and I mm-hmm. you kind of appreciate that. Sure. And I do think that does come top down, and I think you had mentioned the improv stuff, like, Stephen obviously grew up in improv, and our, our executive producer uh, Tom did, and like a lot of people in this in this building have done improv, and I think it's that mentality is 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 one of cooperation, you know, collaboration and collaboration. Yeah. And I think, and we use a lot of those terminologies when we're writing the show, and I think mm-hmm. it sort of that permeates to some degree what we do. Um, yeah, improv was something. It comes up a lot, uh, especially from audience members when we open the floor to questions to comedy writers. Uh, they they often want to know they want to know percentages, <laughs> but. You know, what is improvised? What is scripted? How much of the show is what you guys put on the page that day? For us, most. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost. Yeah, which is in generally the, first the few, answer. In the first, yeah, in the first few acts. Uh, the weird thing as writers is that during the... We, we write stuff for Stephen for the interviews, uh, but if the interview is actually going well, it your stuff never gets used because he's just being genuine and mm-hmm. being in character, and that's very improvised, and he's just brilliant. Yeah. And off the cuff, but we're pretty scripted for the rest of it. And I would say the improvisation takes place earlier, like during the pitch yes. meeting and stuff like that. So yeah. you throw an idea and then everybody jumps on, like maybe Steve will act it out a little bit, but so that's where the improv- uh, improvisation takes place, you know, in the early mm-hmm. stages. But. Uh, for those interviews, do you guys have a researcher or does that fall to the writer's assistant? How's that no, work? No, we, we have a team of researchers that are really great and uh, and provide material for us. Hey, look. Hey, everybody. It's Meredith Scardino. Yes. Woo! Hey, and Aaron Cohen. New writer, Aaron hey, Cohen. Hello. This is Ben. Hi, nice to meet you. This ben. is Ben. Ben, hi. Nice Lena. to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And this is, this is podcast. Say hi to me. Hi, podcast. Hi, podcast. Yeah. I love those things. Oh, you know. I'm glad you're a little under the weather. Yeah. But it's very communicable, so don't worry. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Meredith. Thanks. Thank you, Meredith. Thanks, so, uh, hi guys. Quick, who are you? What do you do here? Writers. We're uh-huh. both writers. And are you uh, here? I'll give you all the questions we've given them. Uh, are you happy here? Are you well adjusted in general? Yes. <laughs> and um, what's the what's the thing that you haven't gotten on air? <laughs> That's I'm about it, right? Very happy here. Um, what's the second question? I don't remember. Are you well adjusted <laughs> in general? Um, I don't think any of us are super well adjusted, but. <laughs> I will say that this is this job allows you to have a life like you know we don't we don't burn the midnight oil too often which mm-hmm. is awesome, um, uh, and I forget everything that I didn't get on air because it's too hard to remember. <laughs> it's too hard to. I'm extremely happy here. I think I'm relatively well adjusted. Uh, and I've only been writing for four days, so all my oh, wounds, all my guy. wounds are still fresh. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he's one of two new guys, but he also was, was with the show for ages as a field yeah. producer. I, I've been at the show for uh, seven years as a producer oh, wow. on the field with Steven. Uh, but you had to you had to do a submissions packet, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what do you think finally pushed you through? 
Uh, Julie, who was your work on American Beauty? I've been getting coffee for Opus routinely. It's <laughs> <laughs> not true. <laughs> um, I don't know what I don't know what it. Uh, I you know. The when, word when you, is you, he wrote a really good package. Yeah, when, yeah. yeah, when you hand one of those things in, it really is blind, and you just sort of hope that uh, somebody like looks at it and enjoys it, but I have, yeah. I heard that they lost a lot of the packages. <laughs> so, yeah, there were like three D, left. We lost D through C, so we pretty yeah, much so just had like A, B, C, and right. it's, it's Cohen and C, so he's pretty lucky. Well done. Um, yeah. uh, and how long have you been with the show? Um, five years and change. Mm-hmm. And has it changed in that time? Um, I mean, it's show, always evolving. Like yeah. I feel like the show's always doing new things and and you know, in the time I've worked here, you know, the Super PAC thing was a huge deal. We've gone to the Olympics, you know, testified in front of Congress. Like, Iraq. there's just uh, Iraq. Yeah. And yeah. You were at the, the South Carolina. Yeah, the Herman Cain rally. Mm-hmm. Rock me like yep. a Herman Cain. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's just there's you know, I think the sh- one of the things that I love about the show is that it's always constantly evolving and constantly mm-hmm. like trying new things. Um, I did want to ask you guys about the book. Uh, you brought it up. How, how were you all here for that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, how did that come together? I, I think it's really like, hey, we should do a book. And then <laughs> said, yeah, let's do a book. And then everybody right, like, jumped in and pitched in. But it was that was gr- sort of the same process as putting the show together? It is. It was on top of the process of the show. So you had like the book on top of the show. So it was a lot of work at some times. But it was mm-hmm. sort of the same thing, collaborative. You know, like you kind of have an idea actually, for stuff. And it was actually a little bit more individual mm-hmm. because on, on on show days we have you know hour and a half, two hours to write a script, get it done, throw it out there, see what happens. And on uh, for book stuff, we kind of you know. Um, you know, talk out ideas and then say, oh, okay, well, Opus, why don't you go write this thing up about healthcare? And then he'd kind of have the weekend to do it, and then yeah. the editors would call down, like, put all our stuff into basically a big smoothie and just. Yeah. And I think that worked because, like, here when we're working collaboratively, we're, we're trying things out loud because it's going to be out loud eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, Stephen has to say it. And the thing that I liked about the book uh, is that you got to do these jokes that weren't like, you didn't have to, like, if you made a reference, you didn't have to be like, "Huh, audience," and see if they got your uh, reference to, you know, Pink Lady and Jeff uh, or something. And um, who's that? That's a, that's a what? very that's a, who's it's a, that? Yeah, it's a very obscure. I was thought of the most obscure sitcom I could. Um, yeah, you could work in different mediums. You could hide jokes in the middle of sentences or in footnotes or in like graphics and in weird ways. And, and it was it was really it was really pretty fun that way. But um, yeah, yeah, I had so much fun writing the book. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. So we'll get another one. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely a lot more work, yeah, but it's. Yeah. I really liked it. It's fun. That's yeah, I'm super proud. Of and you do get to use other things that you can do that you don't mm-hmm. use here. Like, I could like doodle and you know draw little things, and they'd end up in the book or like. Yeah. Mary went to grad school for fine arts, so and she's that's, like, that's where it ended up. <laughs> like yeah. Doodling or Doodles a robot, or like mm-hmm. or like the Statue of Liberty with big hoops. And then uh, the robot, because my I like ro- I, I'm nerd and I like robots. Like twice now, Meredith has run a robot. Once for the Newsweek thing, and once I think in the in the book. Twice, my parents have called me up like, "We saw the robot." That's, you know, <laughs> that's a bear. I'm so sorry. <sighs> All right. um, yeah. How did you wind up in comedy, Meredith? Um, I don't. I mean, everyone has such a circuitous route. I feel like to end up here. I started out like I moved to New York to go to grad school for painting, and um, but I always secretly wanted to be a comedy writer. I just had no idea how you got into it, and. Um, I started doing um, flash animation on the side to make money and in grad school 
and uh, just slowly like started writing some of my own things and writing cartoons and I kind of went in through the cartoon door mm-hmm. and got encouraged mm-hmm. I, I, I did like a, a flash series for comedycentral.com and ended up writing some of the episodes and I just like got encouraged and then eventually ended up um, in TV like what did you find it uh, the, the you know the nuts and bolts of it challenging was it did it come what, naturally the, of actually s- sitting down and scripting things when you go from no I mean, I mean like it was a gradual process yeah stuff. I don't know I guess I think it's I've probably evolved over time I've probably gotten better but I, I don't know I always just loved comedy I, I never I, I mean anyone who's written with me knows I, I don't spell very well and my sentence structure is pretty bad but you know so I wasn't one of the English major type mm-hmm. people but um think that matters really I think it's just um yeah, I don't know <laughs> think about it really. email us yeah okay um, um anything else uh I would just I would love to hear just a little bit about um I know it's not technically exactly the same as being a writer but um the field producing process and just how those pieces come about and oh. do when you produce a piece do you also edit the script and sit in the edit room and you know how does that whole thing work um, well, as someone that up until a week ago was field producing um, for about seven years at the show, it um, it's very similar in the approach, but very different in the process, I would say. You still, every story we do still needs to have Stephen's, you know, emotional take on it, and it still needs to have the, the comedy to it, but what we do is not that scripted. We still, you know, come up... It's more about coming up with games and an approach and, you know, we'll script questions, but it's more like creating a structure for an improvisational game for us to play out in the field. Uh, and um, so uh, the field producers work with the writers to come up with some of that material and then they'll go out in the field and shoot it and then sit in with the, the editors to sort of work on that process. Uh, we'll, we'll end as we always do. What are you watching on television? Do you have time to watch television? Yeah, what are I watching on television? That's a great question. Uh, is there stuff you're excited about? You know about? I watch? I, I don't really watch... I wish I watched a lot of more TV, and I don't really... The only thing I really watch is, like, Walking Dead. Because the wife yeah, and I, we yeah. like to sit there and watch zombies. So, yeah, Walking Dead. Is there stuff The Room is talking about, too? I'm always curious about that. No, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was, yeah. like, yeah. everyone's obsessed all with it. No spoilers. Some people are no spoilers. Spoilers. Yep, like that. <laughs> right there. Um... Uh, I watch Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. I like that show. I like that show, too. Comedy show. Uh, I'm also oh, watching Project <laughs> Runway. Oh, that, yeah. that comedy it's show. A reality competition show. Yep. I watch The Voice. Yeah, you love The Voice. Mm. It's pretty good. You can fast forward it. You can get a voice done in, in 20 minutes. Totally. That's a two yeah, hour episode. Nice. <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah. I don't need to go to Christine Milian in the Starbucks tweet room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I like Mythbusters. I love Mythbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they blow stuff up. That's good. Um, <laughs> I like that show, Dual Survivor. Dual Survivor? Yeah, it's a, what is that? Uh, it's a survivor survival show with um, like a Navy SEAL kind of guy and like a guy. Who, it, oh, is that is that Dave and Cody? My yeah. wife, uh, my wife helped pitch that show. It's right. awesome. Yay. It's really good. Um, the one guy is like barefoot and has braids and. They're always looking for cordage. They like get dropped off in the middle of a desert, and they have to, they have to, um, you know, survive and then and find contact with an outside person. So I like that cool show episode. because it's really good. 
there's you you watch all those survival shows and it's like everyone's starving and they can't catch any food and then in an episode of that show one of the guys killed an alligator. And they ate yeah. It. Wow. What? Yeah. It's a great show. Think about it. You do. You know what else a lot of people watch here is like a surprising number of people watch HGTV. Like oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I watch tons of it. Something that you can just go home, put on, and sit there and absorb. Yeah, that's a house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why I like The Bachelor. I still like The Bachelor. (laughs) It's a good show. Will he ever find love? Thank you guys so much. This was really a pleasure to to hear about the show and to meet all of you. Uh, Thanks for having us. Continued success. Well done. Now, now the bar's high. <laughs> 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 you did it. Thank you, podcast. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.